Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. If you've got your Bible with you, if you want to go ahead and spring forward a little bit in the message and uh, turn to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and hold your spot there. We're going to, again this week, kind of work towards and progress towards that text as we uh, move through this message today. But, um, you know, how many of you can testify of your brokenness before you came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? You could just say, I was undone. I was, I was lost. I was a broken person. And the, the truth of the matter is, in, in some regards, we still are. Right? Some people think that you know, the only way to be a Christian is to get yourself all together and, and you know, get the facade built out good so that it looks like that we've got it all together. But we're still flawed. We're still vessels of clay that are easily marred. And the truth of the matter is that before we came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, there were many things about us that were broken. And that are, those are the things really that we're focusing on in this series. We're taking a look at things that have been made available to you and I through the finished work of Calvary to be made new in our lives. And last week we talked about the brokenness of our hearts in that it contained things that kept us away from the presence of the Lord. Yes, the Lord that has loved us with an everlasting love. It's the Lord who has redeemed us and repeatedly in his word calls us to himself. The content of our heart had distanced us from him. Another area of brokenness and our point of focus for this week is that we are a people by and large who are broken and we stand in need of having renewed minds. Our minds are broken. Now, I feel some of you in this room are maybe, there's some sarcasm loading towards your spouse and I just ask you to be gracious in this moment. And uh, don't, don't do that, don't go there. But we are, a lot of times vulnerable in our minds. And this is a vital topic because you may not have realized that the Bible is replete with instructions about the minds of men. The Bible is, is full of, of instruction about the ways that we reason and the things upon which we meditate. The psalmist prayed and said, Lord, let the word of my mouth and the meditation, the thought that I have, let those things be pleasing to you. It points to the errors that we sometimes face. It informs our errors with the truth of God's counsel. And it's the things that we permit ourselves to think about is challenged in the Word of God. It, the Word challenges our focus and it gives us parameters by which to gauge our thought lives, our meditations, and before I go any further, I know I'm talking about meditation this morning, but I'm not talking about that in some sort of a mystical Far East religion sort of way. I'm talking about that in the Word. The Word says that we are to be people who meditate 
on the word. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the way of the sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the word. And in that law does he meditate day and night. So we are to be thinkers. We are to be thinkers. And you've heard me say it many times, but I'll say it again, is that most of the spiritual warfare in, what, in which you will ever engage happens on the battleground of your mind. The adversary preys on your mind. The adversary is messing with you. How many of you know what it's like when the adversary is messing with you? He's feeding you lies. He's misinforming your thoughts. You say, well, pastor, how does that work? You say, well, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever been sitting in a room full of people such as today and you have felt the entire time that nobody in that room loved you, nobody in that room cared for you, you were absolutely all alone and you were absolutely the worst person on the face of the planet, obviously, because nobody liked you. Nobody? Just me? Come on, be honest. See, that's the devil messing with you. He's messing with you. You, you want to set your hand to do... You come to church and you hear, you hear a message about being missional. You hear a, a message about being the body of Christ, not just having church, but being the church. And you get all fired up and you get ready to go home and you're making your plans for what you're going to do for the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden you begin to hear things in your mind like, who's ever going to believe that you're able to do that? Why do you think you're able to do that? People are going to laugh you out of the room when you come in and announce what your grand scheme is to participate in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, the adversary is messing with you. And he's on full onslaught in the battleground of your mind. And he's trying to take territory there. And the result of this is a plague of broken minds. Because, you know, and let me tell you why this is so important. The, the proverb says that as a man thinks, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, many people live tormented by the past. They're calculating their present circumstances and their futures based on the disappointments of yesterday and the way they're processing those thoughts and the way that past failures and disappointments have caused them to think about themselves. Can I tell you today that many of the outward actions are the revelation of an inner brokenness? Have you, ever, have you ever met somebody and you walked in and they were just like the most curmudgeony people you have ever run into in your life? I mean, they were sour. They were just harsh and hard. And you're thinking, what in the world did I do aside from show up here in the same room? You think, man, those people are mean. Those people are nasty. I don't want to be around them. They're, they're hard. 
Can I tell you, and Pastor Wayne, you, you'd be a good, good one to stand witness here. If you ever sit down with those people and counsel with them for just a little while, you would learn that what is really happening there, they're not mean people. But they have a thought process that is so far out of control that it's about to run off the rails. The things that they have permitted the adversary to convince them of about themselves and about other people around them. There is a warfare that is raging on the inside of them between their ears and it manifests itself in an outward action that you and I don't understand. It seems illogical. It makes no sense to us looking on. We don't understand it. Can I tell you that the, the, the great, wonderful catalyst of the body of Christ is the, is, the, is the catalyst of unity. It's of you and I being together in one accord. It's you and I coming together for the same purpose. It's you and I operating in the context of love, that love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy. Can I tell you that all of those things can be destroyed, all of those things can be distorted if we're willing to give space to the adversary in the thoughts and the intent of our minds. You see, we are fallen we are fallen people, and as long as you and I are living for ourselves and the desires of our flesh, as long as our chief end is to satisfy the cravings of this physical life, Paul writes to the church at Rome and says that we are operating with broken minds. It's a mind, Paul says, that is at enmity against God. Romans chapter 8 verse 5 says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. For the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the laws of God, nor can it be. Can I tell you today that we suffer today from the plague of a broken mind? And we need the touch and we need the healing. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our thoughts. There's some of you today, it's not so much your actions. It's not so much the words that you speak. It's not so much the situations and the circumstances that you face, but if you could ever get that devil under your foot that's feeding you lies and is distorting the way you think about God and the way you think about yourself and the way you think about your fellow believer, you would know victory of the proportion that you have never known in your spiritual walk. Now, regardless of how wise we believe ourselves to be, we are plagued with finite minds. Our capacity to figure things out is limited. Our capacity to comprehend is not sufficient for the things that we face in this life. Isaiah said uh, of the Lord, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Church, we need to look to God for his wisdom that he would impart to us. We need to look to the Holy Spirit to be guarding our minds with the mind of Christ. So that the things, the lies that the adversary tries to slip in there would fail. 
and falter and fall flat. Do you know our perspective of life is affected by our understanding of it and our thoughts about it? Our finite wisdom and our lack of understanding many times puts us at a great disadvantage. When, when we're considering the situations and circumstances of life, I want to ask you this question. When you're considering the situations and circumstances of life, do you see defeat or do you see victory? Just ponder that for a minute. When you're facing hardship, when you're facing difficulties in this life, do you see victory or do you see defeat? And I want to tell you today that how you think about things, this is a little bit of a litmus test, because how you think about things affects how you feel about things and how you respond to things and how you think affects how you feel about yourself. And Paul said to the church at Rome, in all these things, I have been made more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loved me. And I'm telling you today, if you're in this place and you're not thinking the thought of a victor, if you're not thinking that victory is at hand, that it's well within your grasp, that it's within sight, then I would need you to go back and take an inventory of the things that you're meditating on and the things that you're allowing to be uh, resident in your minds and in your hearts as a part of things that you're thinking about. You see... There is a supply, however, for this great need. And it was given to us in part before Christ, and it was completed in Christ. And the supply is this. Number one, it's Scripture. God gave us His Word. Just as we did in the last message, we point to the Word of the Lord as a remedy for our need because it is a revelation of God it's a revelation of his promises to us. He is concerned. It's a revelation of his person that not only is he concerned, but he is faithful. And it's a, it's a revelation of his power. Not only is he concerned and is he faithful, but he's able. He's concerned about you. He loves you. He, he's got an answer for you, and he's faithful to supply that, and he's able to do it. This is the revelation we learn of him in Scripture. It's also, the Scripture is also a revelation not only of who he is, but who I am in him. That I am a new creation. I'm freed from sin. I'm filled with power. I, I've got a, not only am I a new creation, but I've got a new posture. I've got a new song to write. You know, they say, so if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Okay? It says, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. Right? I think some people need to skip the clapping the hands, the stomping the feet, the shouting the woo-hoo, and just go right straight, and we'll throw a new course in there. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Right? 
I mean, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Can I tell you something? You're no longer a pauper. You're no longer bound. You're no longer defeated. But you have the posture of a victorious warrior in Christ Jesus. You have the posture of a child of God. You have the confidence to be able to stand and say, if God is for me, who can stand against me? Tell you what, when I think about that, it makes me grin bigger than Joel Osteen. I love him. God bless him. But if there's one thing we can learn from him, it's if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Amen. Sometimes in our minds, because of our perspective, we can feel like the whole world's against us. But what Paul is stating when he says here, if God is for us, is nothing less than the product of a mind that has been renewed by the word of the Lord and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul didn't say that by his own understanding. Paul said that because he got into the word. He'd been in communion with the Holy Ghost and he understood the principle, not just this little thing that we quote sometime and say woohoo but he understood the principle that if God was for us of a truth and of a certainty based on the forever settled word of God that there was nobody that could stand against us and the reason for all this is because it defies all logic according to the human mind that we could stand in the minority as a victor But through the scripture, we learn that God plus any number at all. You may be by yourself in your battle right now, humanly speaking. But can I tell you right now that God plus any number whatsoever equals the majority? God plus any number equals the majority. So God gave us his word and and God sent us his Holy Spirit. Our guide to truth. John 17, uh, verse 16, beginning in verse 7, says this. Jesus is speaking here. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I want to ask you this this morning. How many of you are allowing your situation and your circumstance to dictate to you what truth is? Or are you seeking and sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit that is guiding you in God's truth? He, he guides us into this truth and then he illuminates our understanding of the word of truth. John continues here, Jesus speaking, says he will glorify me. Or he will take what is mine, he'll declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. 
Can I tell you something? Let me illustrate this for you just a little bit. There's a sign out here by the edge of the road that says this is, this is where Faith Assembly of God meets. That this building is designated as the worship center, the, the campus of Faith Assembly of God. And most of the time in the daylight when you're passing by, you can see said sign. And you can read it and you can understand it. But if we were to shut off the light there in the darkness, what's on that sign would not be discernible. But we have lights. The lights convey no message of their own. They simply illuminate what's already there. Okay? They just reveal what's already there. And can I, can I just share with you today that we live in a dark world. We live in a sin-sickened society. There's darkness all around. And sometimes it's hard to see and to comprehend the message of victory for our lives. But if you will get into close communion with the Holy Spirit, He will illuminate that message of victory in your heart and in your life again. He will show you the truth. He will reveal that truth to you. He will make that truth real in your heart. And when the adversary is lying to you and coming against you and spewing all this defeat against you, you get up in that prayer closet and you begin to seek the power and the Spirit of God and He will reveal truth to you. You'll come up out of that place. Nothing has changed around you. It's just as bad when you came out as it was when you went in. Nothing has changed around you, but something changes on the inside of you. And you can come out of that place with your heart and your mind renewed by the power of God and the word of the Lord and you're ready to do battle on the spiritual realm and you're going to stand victorious over that thing that's coming against you. So there's a supply that's available for our need. It's a healing for our brokenness. It has been provided, but it's just like pills in a bottle. You know, you go and you get a prescription, and it's not, it's not enough to simply possess the prescription. You've got to open it up and be a partaker of what's on the inside. Isn't that right? You have to physically go to the store, get the thing filled, bring it home, be faithful in following the dosage instructions in order for it to be effective. Now, there's a supply that's available for you and I, but there's a need to exercise spiritual disciplines. We've got to take the medicine. Wayne Mack says this, both false hope and the lack of hope spring from an ignorance or misunderstanding of God's truth. If we understood the scripture perfectly and all our thoughts were in line with it, we would never suffer from either one of these maladies. Church, you and I must renew our minds. There's nothing redemptive on the evening news, can I tell you that? There's nothing redemptive on the primetime television. I understand. I watch TV, okay? I get it. 
But I also read my Bible. I also study. I also pray. I'm also guarded in what comes on the thing. Paul said to the Roman church in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's not a wild favor. It's just reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me that to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. As God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Think soberly. Can I tell you that that word soberly means under no outside influences. Under no outside influences. That lie of the adversary that's whispering to you when Paul says that we need to think soberly of ourselves. Can I tell you, you've got to put that lie down. You've got to put it out of your mind. You've got to put it out of your thoughts. You say, well, Pastor, how do we have a renewed mind? I'm glad you asked. First of all, you focus on the promise of God more than the problem that you face. The Bible has so much to say about our thought life. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on those things. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God and set your mind on things above, not on the earth. We're instructed by Paul in 2 Corinthians that we're to take every thought captive. John MacArthur made a statement in one of his books, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically what he says was this, that many of the psychological issues for which people are treated are little more than the fruit of an uncontrolled thought life. Can I tell you something before we take the first peel? And if you need it, take it. By all means, do us all a favor. But before you take the first one, fill yourself with the truth of God's Word and seek the Holy Ghost to make it real in your heart and in your life. Can I tell you today that your adversary wants to rob you of your joy, of your victory, of your hope, of your faith? And that word again says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Can I tell you today, if you think you're a loser, you will be. If you think you're defeated, you will be. If you think you're hopeless, you will be. If you think you're worthless, you're wrong. Because Jesus gave his life for you to show and express a great value in you. And to deliver you from that thought. You can't constantly listen to the negative report of your adversary without sooner or later being filled with despair and uncertainty about the future or even the present for that matter.
But Paul writes and says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. It's true that You and I, you say, Pastor, I, you know, that's great. I can't help the thoughts that come into my mind. That's true. You cannot help the thoughts that come into your mind. I can't help the birds that fly over my head. But I'm in control of how many of them make a nest in my hair. And you can't help the thoughts that come into your mind. But you are, by the power of the Holy Ghost, you are in control of which ones get to stay. Okay? You can't can't help those thoughts that will come. But by the truth of the Word and the power of the Holy Spirit, you can take authority over those thoughts. This is what I want you to do. We're going we're gonna to open these altars in just a minute. And if there's anything that you need deliverance, you've been wrestling with some thoughts and things in your mind, just a spirit of defeat, then we want to pray and believe God for you this morning. But this is what I want you to do. It's a discipline. It's a little extra work. But just keep you a pad handy for a few days. And when you have a thought that pops into your mind or you catch yourself thinking about something, meditating on something, I want you to write it down. I want you to just just scribble it out real quick, bullet points. We don't need an essay. Just enough for you to remember what it was. And then at the end of the day, I want you to go back and I want you to look at that and I I want you to assess it according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And say, was it pure? Was it just? Was it virtuous? Was it helpful to me at all? Along my Christian walk? Saturate your mind with this word allow it to minister to you it's like we said last week this is not about a rigid discipline this is about opportunity it's about opportunity for you to walk in victory for you to be able to take every thought captive everything there are lies of the adversary that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ in your life and I urge you people of God that you need to be careful what you think about you need to be careful what you meditate on because as a man thinks in his heart So is he. 
If you're feeling defeated, you get, I don't care if you do word studies. You get in that word. You pull up everything you can find about it, about walking in victory, about being made victorious in Christ. You say, Pastor, I, I have no peace. You, you get in that word. You, you seek out that word that talks about peace and the peace that God gives. And you meditate on that word. And you find peace. So many of the things we, we need, we, we're desperate for, we're expecting them to jump out of the bushes and attach themselves to us. But the word says, knock, and it'll be opened. Seek, and you'll find. Ask, and it'll be given. You're in control. You're in control of what you meditate on. You're, you're in control of those thoughts that run away with you. You know how I know that? Because his word says that he has given us the power to be in control through his Holy Spirit. You follow that exercise, that discipline, of writing those thoughts down and meditating in the word and combating that and see for a succession of days how much your thought life changes. Because I'd be willing to bet there's a lot of us in this room, again, that it's not so much the things we're doing outwardly, it's not so much the things that we're saying in front of other people, but it's the thoughts that we're entertaining in our mind that need to be challenged, that need to be brought in submission to the cross of Jesus Christ, that need to be sanctified maybe. I want to invite you to stand all across this congregation this morning. You've been a wonderful group. I want to simply open up this morning and say if you if you're fearful if you're anxious if you need the Lord to do a work in your thought life this morning guys if you're having lustful thoughts if you're entertaining those type of thoughts can I tell you Whoever said looking doesn't hurt anything was a liar. Because it will divert your attention and your affections away from those that you're committed to. But that's okay because through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're in control of that. You can get victory over it right now. Those who may be fearful this morning those who are anxious I want to invite you to come and we want to pray for you this morning and believe God that you're gonna find the strength and the discipline to get into that word to commune with the Holy Spirit and find a new way of thinking and walk and rest and do business in that renewed mind that Christ came for you to have 
We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.